I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 516 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Jesse Waters joins me on First Class Fatherhood. Jesse is the co-host of The Five and the host of Waters World on the Fox News Channel. He has a new book out titled How I Saved the World, which debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list, becoming an instant bestseller. Uh, Jesse was a producer and correspondent for The O'Reilly Factor, which really showcased his comedic street interviews, aggressive confrontations, and entertaining adventures all across the country. He made his debut on Fox News show Outnumbered back in 2014, and Waters World began a year later in 2015. It began as a monthly show and quickly turned into a weekly show in 2017. I had the pleasure of meeting Jesse down in Tampa for the Turning Point USA. I invited him to join me on the podcast a couple of weeks later. He obliged. I'm grateful to have him on the podcast with me today. Jesse Waters will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Jesse Waters was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between myself and the host of Waters World, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Jesse Waters, I highly recommend you go check out my interviews with other Fox News dads that I've had on the podcast here, including Sean Hannity, Pete Hegseth, John Roberts, Will Kane, most recently Todd Pyro, and so many others. Uh, they're all available for you to listen to in the archives of the podcast here. Make sure you lock it in for Friday on First Class Fatherhood. Kirk Herbstreet, the legendary college football game day announcer, will be joining me here. He's got a new book out as well. I'll tell you all about that. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. I got a great one to tell you right now. Dr. Ben Carson will be joining me here soon on the podcast. You're not going to want to miss out on that one. So make sure you're following the podcast here and help me spread the word as always. It's every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Jesse Waters. I'm Alec Lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Right, Dad. Sports stadiums are beginning to fill up once again. Concerts are coming back, and Broadway shows will be here before you know it. It's time to take your kids to an event and start making memories once again. And there's nothing wrong with saving a few bucks while you do it. My partnership with SeatGeek means that you can save $20 off your tickets by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. Let's go, dads. We've been cooped up way too long here. It's time to start enjoying sports and entertainment again the way they were meant to be experienced, live and in person. Visit SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout and save $20 off your tickets. A gift for first-class fathers from first-class fatherhood. Joining me now, first-class father, Jesse Waters. Welcome to first-class fatherhood. Thanks so much, Alex. It's good to be with you. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have? How old? So I have twin girls who are nine and a half, and then I have Jesse Jr., who is four months. So a little age discrepancy there, but it keeps things interesting. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, congratulations on the little one there. And uh, if you could, real quick, Jesse, please just take a second to hit my uh, listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. 
So I'm a Fox News host at Waters World Saturday night, 8 o'clock on the weekends. And then in am on an ensemble cast Mondays through Friday called The Five at 5 p.m. Eastern. And started in the basement here at Fox and now get to sit next to Greg Gutfeld and Dana Perino and get paid the talk on my keister. So things are good. And uh, that's pretty much it. I got the book out, How I Saved the World, hit the number one slot on the Times list. Uh, if I had been number two, I would have just said they rigged it against me. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah, I got a copy of the book right here, uh, How I Saved the World. Uh, it, Jesse, so you say you have the twins there. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey. Then about how old were you uh, when you had the twins and had becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I was in my 30s, early 30s. Uh, my ex-wife, uh, we had twins. Twins run on her side of the family. And I remember being at the doctor's office and we were finding out the sex. And he goes, well, this one's a girl. And I go, oh, boy. And he goes, the other one looks like a girl. I said, oh, God. I said, could you check again? And he said, I'm pretty sure these are two girls. And uh, I didn't even foresee that. I thought, chances are I'm going to have at least one boy. But I got hit with two girls. And the minute they were born, I just fell in love with them. And being a girl dad was really special. And they're different. You know, one is your traditional girl, the other one's a little bit more of a jock and, but they balance each other out. And then, you know, the girl that's not a jock is becoming a jock. She's a great swimmer. Uh, other one's a great tennis player and she throws the football around with me and they're a lot of fun and then, uh, got remarried. And, uh, I think my wife got pregnant about a year after we got married maybe six months <laughs> and i'm bad at math alec and and then we just had this baby a pandemic baby you could call jesse jr and uh having a boy was really exciting it was different special and uh, i'm just waiting for him to be able to have a catch yeah it'll be coming soon too yeah we had three boys then got our girl on the fourth try so um it's a totally different experience for us i love having a girl and what would you consider jesse to be the top values that you're hoping to instill in all your kids growing up respect is critical for me my parents made me respect other people whether it's the lowest guy on the totem pole to the president of the united states i want to treat everybody with respect treat everybody equally and treat adults with respect Manners is very important. It was always important in my household, being polite, being respectful, being well-spoken, and hard work, uh, just trying to find out what you like in life, pursuing that really aggressively, working really, really hard, and I believe their lives will turn out well if they can follow that. Yeah, very well said, Jesse. And what about as far as one thing that I, I still struggle with or is a challenge for me is the way I discipline uh, my daughter as compared to the way I discipline my boys. It's definitely something I'm still working on uh, and growing with. What, what type of disciplinarian would you say you are as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Well, my parents were a little tough on me because I deserved it. I was a little bit of a troublemaker, but I respected them. And ever I got in trouble, I listened. And uh so I, I wasn't out of line with them. I was out of line with other people, but they sh whipped me back into shape. Not literally, but, um, I, you know, I was grounded a lot and 
Um, I don't think I was ever spanked that hard. Maybe once as a little kid. I don't think anything anything too hardcore. But, you know, growing up, you know, my ex-wife has a different expectation for discipline. And I have a different expectation. So that's something that I have to manage with my twins. But they're they're angels, you know. They they don't do things that you know I had done as a. They're not lighting off fireworks in the bathtub. They're you know they're not they're not chasing cars down the street, throwing things at people. So for them, it's more about you know cleaning up and and listening and things like that. So I think I'm tougher than my ex-wife is, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a really super tough parent. Now with Jesse Jr., it's going to be different because I can foresee he's going to be a little bit of a troublemaker. Um, so I'm that uh, that we're not there yet. So we'll see. It depends on how mischievous he is, and I'll have you'll have to talk to me in ten years, and I'll give you an update. Yeah, very cool. And, and I know you mentioned, uh, you, you know, your ex-wife has a different philosophy on disciplining. A lot of the listeners I bring on, a lot of the dads are, are single dads or they're in a co-parenting situation. I know it could be a different, uh, difficult thing to, to be going on the onset of it. So what, what kind of advice would you have for the dad out there who's just on the onset of a co-parenting situation? Well, yeah, co-parenting is a challenge um, because there's the, the custody situation. You know, you don't have them as much as your ex has them. So in my case, they're girls. So the discipline isn't as isn't as important because they're not crazy like little boys can be crazy. But, you know, they do need boundaries. They need bedtime boundaries. Um, they need uh, consistency with with reading, um, sports, things of that nature. Um, but my ex has done a nice job in that department, even though we disagree with some things. And I think when my twins come with me, their expectations of what they can get away with or they can't get a- away with are a little bit different. And they try to navigate that. They they ask my current wife sometimes, oh, can I have some ice cream? You know, they'll go to her first. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't allow sweets. You know, sometimes they'll ask for chocolate in the morning. And I'm thinking, my God, what do you do at home? And so that can be shocking. But as long as there's expectations for a level of behavior that's enforced during your time with them, that's critical. Yeah, good stuff. And then you mentioned there too bedtime. Uh, what does what your bedtime routine look like with the four month old here? Are you are you like a little storyteller? Are you a lullaby guy? How did, how is it working so far here with the bedtime? I'm a lullaby guy. I have not <laughs> sang a lullaby yet, Alec, but that could change. Uh, so we had a baby nurse. We were fortunate to have one of those in the beginning who did the overnights, and and now we're kind of almost out of the woods. My wife has done a really nice job getting Jesse Jr. on a consistent sleep schedule. So he'll go down and not waking up that much at night anymore. Um, And then a lot of the times I'll get up and do the early morning and let her sleep. And that's pretty good. But I think with Jesse Jr., what I'd like to have happen is for him to go to bed on the earlier side as opposed to my twins who tend to go to bed on the later side. Because as you know, sleep is very important. <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. And yeah, I wanted to jump into the book here, uh, How I Saved the World. What was the genesis of you deciding to write the book? I, I love how you put on the back here all the guys that are taking shots at you. The Washington Post, Jesse Waters is officially out of control. Even your mom jumps in in the mix there. Um, what was the genesis of you writing the book and what's been the feedback so far from your family, from the readers? 
I wrote the book because I needed the money. And that's the God's honest truth. And I'd also gotten to a place in my life where I could find the time to balance my shows, my personal life. And I just wanted to reflect on nearly 20 years at Fox and all these adventures I've had and a lot of analysis that I'd put out there with regards to Trump and Democrats and all these crazy interviews that I'd done over the course of my career. And the book debuted at number one, and the fans love it. I think it's got a 4.8 rating out of five on Amazon, which my editor says is spectacular. And my mom uh, cried. She was a liberal, still is, uh, very impressed. Um, my family's an academic family. My sister worked at Harvard, and my parents, my dad's a headmaster. And, you know, now I'm the only one with a best-selling book. So <laughs> Fox News guy you know, went to the top of the charts and and they're impressed by that. So I think I have a lot of more, a lot more street cred in my liberal household these days. Yeah, right on with that. And then how about as far as your work schedule goes, uh, doing the five, doing the stuff at Fox News, how has that been with the with having a formal thought? I know I had uh, Todd Pyro on the podcast. Uh, he, he was given, uh, you know, the paternity leave. Did you take some time uh, paternity wise uh, when you had the newborn? Or how does the schedule kind of line up with what you're doing at Fox? I took a I think I took like 10 days, maybe a little less than 10 days. I was going to take a week, but my wife was in the hospital for a little extra long time because she had a high blood pressure or something. And uh, so I just rolled it over into 10 days. Now, when I had the twins, I was working for the O'Reilly factor. And I think I told Bill I was going to take a few days and he goes, Waters, what are you taking days off for? What are you going to watch the baby spit up all day? And so, you know, the older generation paternity is got to get back to work. So I'll just put it that way. But it was really special to have that time off and 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 bond with the baby and and give my wife some support at home. But I was back in the studio after that, and uh, and here we go. Let's rock. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with you there, and I I wouldn't mind. So I, I work for the railroad, and you you know usually if you have a death of the family, like when I lost my parents, they gave me three days to bereave, and I think three <laughs> days three days would be kind of sufficient for having a kid too. I think that would be enough if they allowed us that. I would think uh, that would be a good time. I do know that we have. I talk on this show a lot. We have a fatherless crisis going on in the country. We got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life, and I think that's having you know obviously a devastating result on our society, and some of it could point towards that. Uh, are, are you seeing that from everything that you're doing on there? How much of an impact, in my opinion, I think it's the number one social issue uh, going on in our country here. What do you think about this? Do you see this, a fatherless crisis going on in the country? You see it in the inner city, and it drives a lot of the gang activity, because if you don't have a strong male figure in your life, then you're going to gravitate towards a gang to seek belonging or people a little bit older than you that can show a little leadership in your life. And the gangs prey on people without dads and they recruit them heavily and it's a vicious cycle and that can lead to a lot of terrible social effects and I think you're starting to see that but it's also not just an inner city issue it's all across the country men don't understand what it means to be a man anymore that's changed it's softened in the modern era and men are very distracted and just with work and the phones and all of the entertainment that's available now through Netflix and this and that, you know, it's very easy just to sit at home and do nothing. And it's important. My father was very, very important in my life because I remember like Sundays, all I want to do is stay inside and watch football, right? 
or play with my friends. My dad would take the whole family hiking. I didn't want to go hiking, but he'd take the whole family hiking for hours, and we do things together like that. He was always there uh, at dinner time. We ate dinner together as a family consistently throughout, you know, from kindergarten to high school and took vacations together. So he was great in my life, and uh, I, I expect to be that way with with my son. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Jesse. Yeah, I, I truly believe that uh, the, the, if we're going to unite here as a country, I think it's going to start at the dinner table uh, more so than at the ballot box. So I, I think it's important for families yeah. to get back to the dinner table and get back at it. So uh, I know we're up against the clock here. I just want last thing I want to hit you with here, Jesse, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? New dad, I suggest you get a cleaning lady. Very, very important. A lot of the fights with young couples are about the house management, right? About dishes and cleaning and sharing these responsibilities. If, if you can afford, and it's not a lot of money, it's just cash. You pay cash, you both pull it together. That really goes a long way because you don't want to be fighting about chores and about that kind of stuff. And that really opens up a lot more for both the mom and the dad. So early, early parenthood situation, get the cleaning lady and, and dads also need to go out, blow off steam with other dads. So take those times, you know, a couple times a month, go out with the other dads, have a couple drinks, have more than a couple drinks, blow off steam because you obviously a little stressed out with your world turned upside down and, uh, and you can reset and, uh, and then get back to work at the house and, uh, you know, just you know, your instincts will kick in. The wife does a lot more traditionally with a lot of the early childhood stuff. But as he gets older, or she gets older, you know, you got to be there and uh, you'll be able to help more because you'll be able to communicate. And once they start walking, things get a little bit easier. Sometimes they get harder because they fall and hit their heads on everything. But sometimes it gets easier. So just stay positive and, and enjoy it. Yeah, well said. I love the message. Uh, How I Saved the World by Jesse Waters available now. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Jesse Waters, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jesse Waters for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Check out Jesse's new book, How I Saved the World. The link is in today's show notes, so don't miss that. Be sure you bring it right back here on Friday. The legendary college game day announcer, college football, really the face of college football, Kirk Herbstreet, will be joining me here on the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, We are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.